This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. We build it in the United States. We build the pipelines. We want to build the pipe. Got to put a lot of workers, a lot of steel workers back to work. All right, well, welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you, 403-974-TALK, 974-8255. That, of course, uh, the voice of U.S. President Donald Trump today opening the door for both Keystone XL and the Dakota Access Pipeline by signing executive orders. Now, this is good news, I think, for Canada, certainly on Keystone XL, which the previous administration had kiboshed, and uh, obviously Hillary Clinton uh, had made clear her own opposition. So, Keystone XL, back from the dead. But how and when? Some questions about the process going forward now regarding this pipeline. Uh, more here from uh, White House spokesman Sean Spicer. The president's actions today will create tens of thousands of new jobs for the American workers and move us t- greater towards energy independence, while at the same time ensuring that we keep the environment as a top priority. Okay, so, and, and here's another one, though, from, from Sean Spicer about the approach the Trump administration is going to take to building this project. The president also signed a memorandum directing the Commerce Secretary to lead a study looking into building the Keystone and Dakota access pipelines, as well as any other future pipeline with U.S.-made steel and pipe and accessories. Okay, well, not surprising, but they're really going to emphasize this point about creating American jobs. There's pipeline to be built south of the border, and there's obviously some work to be done north of the border as well. Uh, But this is good, and I think could be a win-win for both countries. There is the question going forward here, the time frame, and what exactly Keystone, or rather TransCanada, is going to need to do uh, to get Keystone going again. The action today doesn't approve it, per se, but it does open the door. So the memorandum released today uh, regarding construction of the Keystone XL pipeline. So it references the executive order signed today. Uh, There is an invitation now for TransCanada to promptly resubmit its application for a presidential permit for the construction and operation of this pipeline. Uh, The Secretary of State shall, if the application is submitted, receive the application, take all actions necessary and appropriate to facilitate its expeditious review. With respect to that review, I hereby direct as follows, the Secretary of State shall reach a final permitting determination, including a final decision as to any conditions on issuance of the permit that are necessary or appropriate to serve the national interest within 60 days of TransCanada's submission. To the maximum extent permitted by law, the final supplemental environmental impact statement issued by the Department of State in January 2014 regarding Keystone XL shall be considered by the Secretary of State to satisfy the following with respect to the Keystone XL pipeline. All applicable requirements of the National Environmental Policy Act, any other provisions of law that requires executive department consultation or review. And to the maximum extent permitted by law, any federal permit or authorization issued before the date of this memorandum shall remain in effect until completion of the project. Regarding the Department of the Army, the Secretary of the Army shall, if the application referred to is submitted and a permit issue, instruct the Assistant Secretary of the Army for Civil Works and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to take all actions necessary and appropriate to approve Uh, to review and approve as warranted in an expedited manner requests for authorization to utilize nationwide permit 12 under the clean water act 
with respect to crossing the waters of the United States by the Keystone XL pipeline to the maximum extent permitted by law. Then goes on to refer to the Department of the Interior and the request for approval, the right of way, uh, rather the right of way process and reviewing these applications. So there's a push here to expedite this. There is a 60-day window to review the application and it opens the door to some conditions being placed on it. Uh, because it does sound as though the Trump administration wants to renegotiate. They want to, I think, be able to turn around and say to the American people, not only did we approve this pipeline, but we've got a better deal here. So we'll have to watch that closely and what it all means. But uh, the wording of this, this memorandum makes it sound like they are going to try to expedite this as much as is legally possible. So things are going to happen quickly. TransCanada needs to resubmit an application. The State Department needs to review it. If a permit's issued, all the relevant departments uh, need to take action to ensure that there is the right of way, there is the access for this pipeline to be built. But I think certainly it's fair to say that it's probably going to happen a lot quicker than things are going to happen here regarding the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Now, keep in mind as well, because there is already the existing Keystone Pipeline, there is also the southern legs of the Keystone XL pipeline that have been completed. So there's the need to, to finish that expansion uh, from Hardesty, Alberta, to the U.S. border. And then there's the two sections just south of the border that need to be built. All right. So this is encouraging. And it seems as though everybody's recognizing it as such. This is Federal Natural Resources Minister Jim Carr. And if you add those jobs to the pipelines that have already been approved by the government of Canada, I'm talking about the Line 3 expansion and uh, the Trans Mountain expansion, then you're looking at literally 25, 30, 35,000 jobs for Canadians. So, and, and look, in fairness to the federal liberals, they've long supported Keystone XL. They, they blamed the Harper government for the fact that Keystone XL was kiboshed previously, but they've long claimed to support it, which, again, just shows how completely irrational and preposterous the suggestion today from federal NDP leader Tom Mulcair that the federal liberals now suddenly do a 180 on Keystone and oppose it just to spite President Trump. How foolish would that be? We'd be shooting ourselves in the foot in multiple ways. No, thanks. Uh, at least Premier Notley, who also previously opposed Keystone XL, is not acting as irrationally as her federal counterpart. This project is going to create good jobs here in Alberta, and that's my focus. Support our workers, create good jobs, and diversify our economy. All right. Well, a lot of people were curious as to what Rachel Notley would say about this today because she has long opposed Keystone XL. There, there was no way that she could sit here today in the face of this pipeline going ahead, in the face of federal support, in the face of support from the American president, saying that she opposes it. What would be the point of that? Wouldn't accomplish anything. There's no way she's going to stop it. It would be political suicide. So she's smart enough to realize it. I do wonder, however what the fallout's going to be within her own base. Gil McGowan with the Alberta Federation of Labor, who was very upset when the government didn't raise royalties. Uh, Gil McGowan was someone they tried to keep happy by naming him to their diversification committee. But Gil McGowan has been adamantly opposed to Keystone XL. 
So what is what are people like that going to make of the fact that Notley has done a bit of a 180 here? Uh, just to illustrate it, this was just 2015, shortly after the election. Rachel Notley was on CBC talking about, well, a number of issues, but obviously pipelines came up. Here's what she said at the time. Uh, where are you on pipelines? We know Thomas Mulcair does not support the proposed Northern Gateway pipeline, got concerns about um, the Keystone XL pipeline. Where are you on these pipelines? Well, first of all, of course, we, we're here to, to get the best result for Albertans. Uh, but part of what that means is ensuring that in those pipelines, we're shipping the right thing. And and a lot of the, the ideas behind those pipelines right now are, are to ship as fast as possible uh, unprocessed bitumen and along with it uh, tens of thousands of jobs. And so our view along the our, our discussion all this time has not been pipeline or no pipeline. It's been what's in the pipeline. Because but just let's clarify that do. if you don't mind. Yeah. Thomas Mulcair mm-hmm. against the Keystone XL pipeline. Are you against mm-hmm. that pipeline? We're against it the way it's currently uh, proposed because the way it's currently proposed is to ship unprocessed bitumen, and that is not good for Albertans. That's not good for the Alberta economy in the long run. So, pretty clear. She was opposed to Keystone XL at the time. I think she's being rather prudent in in reversing herself, but it's a pretty obvious flip-flop. And she was asked about that today, uh, how she reconciles her previous position on Keystone XL. There were reasons why, ostensibly, anyway, she was opposed to Keystone XL. Those didn't just magically disappear here today. Uh, how does she explain this? You were never a fan of Keystone XL. Are you a fan now? Well, you know, I think we have to understand that the situation has uh, changed pretty dramatically from when Keystone was was uh, first a subject of discussion. We're at a point now where the Alberta economy needs to be uh, enjoying the benefits of a higher return for our oil and gas. We're not at $100 a barrel anymore. And so anything that will lift that price that will reduce the differential and and get more for our product and bitumen is something that the economy needs right now. And so um, that is definitely something that will happen as a result of the Keystone. It doesn't have quite the direct effect that uh, uh, Kinder Morgan does, but it it absolutely does contribute. And so uh, with that being our focus, with uh, wanting to see uh, our energy industry rebound, with wanting to see those jobs that have been lost returned, uh, with wanting to see investor confidence come back to, to Alberta and, and to Calgary, uh, we know that this is the right announcement at this time. Well, okay, there you go. So she's come around to Keystone XL, which I, I guess is good. And it doesn't take away the fact that she once opposed it, and we shouldn't forget that she did. We shouldn't forget the, how irrational NDP policy is regarding bitumen exports. But okay, fair enough. She's, uh, she's come around. She's supportive of, of Keystone XL. Be curious to see how many New Democrats try to, at some point, claim credit for this. That Keystone XL got built on Notley's watch, re-elect the NDP. Right, let's remember the facts here. Notley opposed Keystone XL. An American president approved Keystone XL. And certainly not because of anything that Rachel Notley was doing here. Right? Nobody's under any illusion here that, that Donald Trump was impressed with Notley's carbon tax or anything along those lines. But still, good news. And at least even someone like Rachel Notley is prudent enough to acknowledge that.
A uh, little bit here as well from uh, Mayor Nenshi, who himself has long been supportive of, of Keystone XL, says this is good news. When we have Calgary-based companies being able to do giant projects like this uh, here and around the world, that is a huge benefit for our downtown economy because we need the people to do the contracts, the law, the accounting, the HR on all of this stuff. It is important for Canadian energy to have access to global markets. It's important for the prosperity of our nation for that to happen. It's important that oil from a place that has high labour, environment and human rights standards is the kind of oil that is meeting the energy needs of the world. Okay, let's keep this in mind too. Uh, as much as there are going to be protests and court challenges here in Canada, certainly around, around the Trans Mountain Pipeline, we're likely to see something similar in the United States. I know a lot of people assume that, look, Trump's going to be able to get this built. There's going to be oil flowing in the Keystone XL pipeline before we even break ground on Trans Mountain. Maybe not. Now, a while ago, we had a debate on this program between Cody Battershill and Jane Klebe with the group Bold Nebraska, one of the main organizers against Keystone XL. Here's what she said today. I think it's absolutely disgusting that Donald Trump is now going to use eminent domain for private gain against American farmers for a foreign pipeline. You know, Trump continually said over and over again on the campaign trail that he was going to focus on American energy independence. And last time I checked, Canada is not part of the United States. Well, OK, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't don't tell him that. <laughs> Let's keep that on the on the download, Jane. Uh, anyway, but I mean, it, it indicates that, that there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a pushback. There's going to be big, big, big protests. Um, but if you want to make the argument that, that Trump's more likely to stare down protesters in his country than Trudeau is here, I'd have a hard time disagreeing with you. Anyway, 403-974-8255. So you heard what everybody's had to say. Let's hear what you have to say, where we're at on Keystone XL. It's afternoons on News Talk 770. All right, 974-8255-974-TALK, talking about the Keystone XL pipeline. And, and, I mean, it's not a big surprise. Trump has long said that he supports Keystone XL, has long said that this would be one of his first orders of business as president. And so we knew this was coming, but it is good news. Uh, this text here, though, from Scott says, Rob, this does nothing to change investor confidence in Alberta. Uh, this will be built long before Trans Mountain. Well, there is a difference. I mean, Keystone XL is really ready to go. Uh, and certainly the approval of Keystone XL long predates the approval of Trans Mountain. So maybe it's unfair to compare those timetables, say one's built before the other. We should logically expect that one would be built before the other. Another one here uh, says, Ram, I uh, appreciate your skepticism about Trump as it served as a reality check for me from the awesome Trump universe, but I hope Trump will be good for Canada. And maybe in some respects he will. I think there are a lot of genuine and legitimate reasons to be apprehensive about a Trump presidency. But I'm willing to give him credit where credit is due. And this is one of those things. All right, back to the phones we go. Nick, good afternoon. Yes, uh, that lady that was on from Nebraska that's anti-XL, and, and tell her to uh, turn in her keys and start walking. <laughs> but anyway, what okay. I was going to mention the years about uh, 12.5 billion dollars a year benefit to alberta and canada from uh, uh approving the pipeline and uh that amounts to about 62 billion dollars in five years 
we can ill afford not to have that money in Canada. Well, yeah, there, there's going to be tremendous economic benefit from this. Uh, I, I don't think that, that was ever in doubt, and that's why we should be celebrating this news today. That's, that's right, and as far as the oil sands are concerned, uh, Notley was talking about $100 oil coming back. Uh, it's not going to come back. The oil from the oil sands gets between 30 and $35 a barrel only, so that's $100 is a dream. So if they build a budget even on $50, if the Alberta government's got their budget based on $50, that's a pipe dream. Yeah, well, that may be a fair point, Nick. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, so Nick's emphasizing, and look, there have been a lot of studies done on this, that, that these pipelines will be good for the economy, that there's going to be a productivity boost, a GDP boost. There's going to be economic spinoff from this. So this is good. And, and look, even that for Premier Rachel Notley to realize this, I mean, that, I think that, that underscores the point. Why would she be dumb enough to get in the way of this? Right? Her previous position is, is well known. There's, there's no hiding it. There's no erasing it. Uh, but she can at least argue that she came around. She recognized the benefits and she decided to support it. So that's going to be their message going forward. They have been all over the map regarding pipelines and bitumen exports. And we shouldn't let them forget it. I got this text here. Uh, it says, Robbie didn't emphasize the processed product aspect of Notley's previous statement. But again, it just underscores her hypocrisy on bitumen exports. Does she support bitumen exports or not? Because in some instances she does, and others she opposes it. Keystone XL is as proposed. So she can support it or oppose it. If she doesn't want to export raw bitumen, then fine, she can oppose it. She can stand up today and say, I still oppose exporting raw bitumen, so I still oppose Keystone XL. She could have said that, but she didn't. Experts, uh, exports are a positive. And it only seems to be regarding energy exports that we think otherwise. We don't stand in the way of barley exports or lentil exports. When's the last time you heard a politician say, well, we got to spend billions of dollars to upgrade and process lentils? Why are we exporting raw lentils? So why these exports? If companies want to build upgraders or refineries here, then by all means, go ahead. Certainly, we're not going to stand in the way of that. The argument is government should subsidize that to the tune of billions of dollars. Well, I just assume not take that risk. Thank you very much. If companies want to take on the risk themselves, and the risk is considerable, let them. We've already got billions of taxpayer dollars exposed in the Sturgeon refinery project, which I guess we'd better hope works out. But that's happening. There is refining and upgrading happening here, and that's going to come online as well. All right, another one here says, uh, Rob, what's wrong with her saying she would rather keep bitumen here and refine it to make more money and more job for Albertans? That's not where we are right now, so why not support the Keystone XL pipeline? Well... Why wouldn't that have been her position previously? She specifically opposed this pipeline. The position she's articulated today, she could have articulated at any point over the last three years. She could have said at any point, look, I would rather see more upgrading and refining here, but I'll support the Keystone XL pipeline. She opposed it. Goes on to say, everyone is focusing on her opposition, but she never opposed the pipeline. She opposed what was in it and wanted to refine it here, which is what we should do. Well, 
the pipeline that she opposed, the product is still going to be the same in it. So there's no denying here that she has flip-flopped. And there's no conflict between saying, I support this pipeline, I support Trans Mountain, and I support more of that here. But they keep saying that. What does that mean? What are they going to do? Right? It was the previous government that got the Sturgeon Refinery Project off the ground, again, with a lot of taxpayer dollars at risk. There have been other projects that have been shelved because of how thin those profit margins are. So is she proposing to, to spend billions of dollars to bring back some of those projects? What exactly is she proposing? So if she's going to stand in the way of pipeline projects because she supports the idea of doing more of that here, then she needs to come to the table with something more specific. Because you can't stand in the way of an actual project that's going to move our product, that's going to create jobs based on some vague concept of what you might like to see here at some point in the future. How long do you think it's going to take to get a refinery built here or an upgrader built here? Years and years and years and years. So we should scuttle Keystone XL because maybe in 10 or 15 years, maybe if we're lucky, someone will build an upgrader here. We don't know who that's going to be, when that's going to happen. So let's kill this actual proposal to move our product and to create jobs in the hopes that at some point down the road, someone might build one of these. That's ridiculous. And even Rachel Notley is smart enough to realize how ridiculous it is. Right? She took the politically savvy approach here today. It would have been political suicide for her to sit here today as everybody else celebrates the approval of this pipeline, as the Alberta energy industry gets a bit of good news for the first time in God knows how long, for her to come out against it today would have played directly into the hands of her opponents. It would have been disastrous for her. It was easy for her to oppose it when she thought that it was never going to happen, when it was dead in the water. It was easy to oppose it. Now that it's going to happen, how can she stand in the way? All right, let's go back to the phones here. Uh, Jack is on the line. Jack, go ahead. Yeah, we keep talking in Alberta about refining and making product here that we can upgrade and sell at a better price. Well, the reality is if you, if you uh, had a thousand uh, million barrel a day type upgraders or refineries, there's no pipeline to move it. You can't move it anywhere. In other words, it's silly to be talking about upgrading when we don't have the pipeline capacity to get rid of it. Well, that's the other and, thing, right? So we have to hope that a company is going to want to build a refinery, and then we have to hope that another company is going to come along and propose building a pipeline to move that refined product. You got her. And, and uh, tracking with that, if you think of refineries and their distribution systems, they uh, build a refinery in California and distribute the gasoline there. Why would, who would buy that gasoline? How would you distribute it in California or any other state? It's impossible. Yep. Dead wrong. Yep. Well said. Well, Jack, appreciate the phone call. Uh, listen, we got a break here for the bottom of the hour. Uh, we're going to keep the conversation going after 1.30. More time for your calls, your thoughts on Keystone XL, your thoughts on Notley's reversal, her previous position on Keystone XL. And we got some other news we can get to as well. 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.